Hey, and welcome to The Living Stone, a digital ministry of Greystone Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm Annabeth Cross. And I'm Chrissy Tatum-Williamson. And today we're continuing our series for this Lenten season by talking about your honest questions. Today's question we're going to discuss is, how do I or how do we connect with God? Mm, That feels like a good question. (laughs) Yeah, especially during the Lenten season, right? I love it. I love it. Um, So we're going to kind of just walk through, break down this question into some other sub-questions that we often hear people ask or we might ask ourselves, and how do we connect with God? How do we relate with God? Um, And kind of starting out with, how do we even know God is real? Yeah. That's a question that a lot of young people ask, but also adults too. Yep. and people of faith and people not. And, you know, it's a very present question, I think, in our daily lives when maybe it's hard to experience the presence of God in our lives hmm. if we can't see God, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the things that are, like, my mind feels, I feel like I'm chasing a, a bunch of rabbits, but like, I, I think we need to say um, kind of a general disclaimer for this episode especially which is like we're talking about things that are not like scientifically provable Correct. um and um these are matters of faith they're matters of um spirituality um and they're not always objectively um defined yeah. right so we're talking about experience but um because annabeth is the scholar that she is we're also oh. going to be thinking <laughs> about and learning about some of the ways that um christians and people of faith over thousands of years have tried to answer this question and how scholars kind of give us language around it um, so that we can at least have a larger story within which to place ourselves and our own, you know, faith experiences. Yeah, because people have been trying to make sense of this question in particular forever. Yeah. Um, And, you know, like for us, just right off the bat, you know, my own answer to this or just my own thoughts on how do I know, how do I know I as an Annabeth know God is real. Most of my, most of, I would probably answer that with my own experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, as would others. And so it's hard to, like you said, when we don't have clear evidence or like, you know, we're not here to have a textbook fact sheet. Um, but scholars and theologians over many centuries have tried to conceptualize this question and by talking about the idea of revelation, not just the book in the Bible revelation, but the idea of revelation as a concept of God revealing God's self in the world mm. and in, to, in, in the world as in, in the way that the world is created and also in that through humanity. And so there are two terms within Revelation that theologians talk about and that we learned in seminary um, called general revelation and um, special revelation. General revelation is just the idea that God reveals God's self just through nature and the human conscience. Just um, It's like self-disclosure in a way. It's um, the way that you see God maybe through a sunset or just when you're hiking in the mountains and you're like, surely, surely God exists if there's something so beautiful like this is um, created. Or maybe you see um, a beautiful moment of a group of people mm. and the happiness and joy that is on their faces and you just, you know, God's revelation that way. But then mm. there's also this idea of special revelation, which is God revealing God's self through 
specific things like scripture and through the person incarnation of Jesus, through the story of the people of Israel, through the miracles and all the healing stories we read in scripture. Um, and that, that's special revelation is what is kind of like those specific instances and through those specific people and those events that have happened or that and that are a part of our faith tradition is kind of the two kinds of revelation that scholars have general, generally categorized God's revelation to be. Mm. Um, yeah, I think um, the phrase that keeps coming to my mind is like, you just know. And I know yeah. that that's not helpful, <laughs> yes. um, especially when folks are in a season of doubt or um, feeling abandoned by God, um, which often can lead to an, the conclusion that God must not exist because yeah. if God did, then God would care. And if God cared, then God would be present in a, mm. in a palpable way. Um, and in, in some ways, I almost wonder, this is uh, probably under the category of specific revelation or whatever, because it's a biblical story, but I, I'm really drawn to Jesus's um, words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, and, and those which really get at lived experiences of God's absence, Mm-hmm. which imply God's presence in other moments. Yeah. And so there's something dynamic about that, about, you know, does it help us to believe that God exists in knowing that we feel void of God mm-hmm. because we know that there's something we're void of? I don't know. Um, for me, obviously, I'm a person of faith. I do believe that God exists, um, and I experience that in both general and specific revelation. Yeah. Um but there is a, a sense of awe and wonder that is beyond human comprehension, that is beyond scientific explanation, that's beyond logic and reason, um, that is purely connection, almost in a like receiving way, like to go to the mountains and to see the fog crest, you know, over their peaks. Like th- that's that is a supernatural experience or Mm -hmm. um, to ponder the size of the ocean. You know, there are so many different ways that we encounter God and that we feel God that are kind of micro reminders of God's presence. But um, anyway, I've waxed on a a long time about that at this point. Yeah, but I think that there's something, I mean, it's kind of like the idea of just like, you don't realize you miss something till it's it's gone, till it's gone, you know, or um, how good something was until it's gone. And, And so with the same thing with God's presence of like, Maybe it takes, like like you said, like it takes those times through, through the valley where we don't feel God's presence, and then for us to re- recognize it when we when we do, right? Um, and so, how do we? <laughs> that leads into the question of like, how do we even feel or recognize God's presence? How do we listen for God's voice? How do we hear God's voice? When I would bet most people would say they've never audibly heard the actual physical voice of God mm. and, you know, coming like God doesn't call us on the phone. <laughs> um, that'd be really nice be if great? we could just, you know, phone God yes. um, and ask all of our questions. Um, that's not how it works and that's okay. But like, but how do we do that? I mean, we talk about so many times, like it's so evident in faith circles of talking about recognizing God's presence in our lives and hearing God's voice and li- being good listeners for God's voice. But 
then it comes down to it and we're like, how do we actually do that? <laughs> right. What does that mean for us? Yeah. Well, and part of the the challenge in that, um, even before we can give some ways or experiences, but part of the challenge is like recognizing how much how much of this can can be in our own heads yeah. or in our own emotional centers. Like, I think there's a real uh, need to understand the difference in projecting our wants and thoughts and feelings and emotions onto whatever God may be doing. Um, and, you know, and, and saying like, well, it just felt right. Yeah. You know, sometimes that is a way to affirm how God is calling us to move and be in the world. Um, it is a, a feeling sometimes, but like there are a lot of things that may feel right because we're socialized to feel them right. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, and, and so learning how to separate those things and to check them with scripture and with a community of faith. Um, I think those are two really critical steps in discerning how God is calling us forward. Um, is to check them with scripture. Does this new thing that I feel God is calling me to line up with how I see the spirit of God moving um, from Genesis to Revelation, you know, in all the stories and especially in the gospels, um, which share the good news of Jesus. Um, and if I were to bring this to my community of faith, to my church, would they look at me and say, you have lost your mind, <laughs> you know, or would they say, um, yeah, we've been feeling that too. Yeah. Cause a lot of times I know in, faith circles I've been in in the past, um, I, you know, there's such an emotional high of being in yes, worship or being in a setting where everyone's, you know, experiencing, or we think we're experiencing the Holy Spirit in a, in a mountaintop moment. Mm -hmm. Specifically, you know, you have those moments at like church camp or, um, you know, you come up for a retreat weekend or something like that. And it's also hard to confuse those things with, is this really God? Is this really the Holy Spirit at work in me? Or is it, you know, just all of the emotions I'm feeling? And it's, there's so much going on there. And it's, it's truly hard to, to like distinguish between those things. Yeah. And I, I felt that in so many ways. Um, but then also when there's so many voices swirling around us, mm. I mean, that's a good point. Think about the number of sources and news outlets and social media accounts and conversations you have in a day. I mean, like you hear and you see and you read so many different perspectives and voices from people yep. all day long in whatever setting you're in. And so, and you know, I believe God can speak through people to you, but right. like, how do you know when there's so many options out there? And so many different perspectives that can be so chaotic and it's hard to find, you know, what, like, it's hard, it's hard to determine if that's God or if it's not. Yeah. You know, we're going to, we're going to make our way to spiritual practices over the course of our conversation, but I can't even move beyond this until um, we hit on that because I think each of us kind of, each of us can engage in spiritual practices in different ways. And some of the times when I've heard God speaking definitively, um, really it's few and far between those, those occurrences, but when they come, they're super powerful. And for me, uh, the most recent time was in a yoga practice. And um, because for me, I have to get out of my, like my mind is really 
active, not that it's always smart active, Mm -hmm. but it's just going a lot. And all the voices are playing on a loop. And, you know, it's, it's part of where the sermon that began Lent came from the, the, you know, which voices are you listening to or who Mm -hmm. are you listening to? And we think about ourselves as if we were in a garden and, you know, how sometimes the extra voices, they sound a lot like God and they make us question, you know, was that really God who said to do X, Y, and Z or who's calling you in this direction? And so for me, I have to kind of quiet the anxious mind. And one way to do that is through my body. So through yoga or through exercise or something that gets all that activity to put it at rest so that I can hear and receive the things that really matter the most. Um, and so like, you know, when we were just talking a minute ago and you're asking, like, we were talking about the difference between feeling God's presence and hearing God's voice. And like, for me in that, in that moment of Shavasana at the end of a yoga practice, I did not hear God's voice, but I saw Mm -hmm. words written on a wall that were not there. Mm -hmm. And the words were to you, meaning I was discerning a call and I wasn't sure if, if it was going to be me or not. And, and I, I, I didn't hear audibly, but I saw clearly the language. Have you ever experienced anything like, uh, I don't know, what's your experience with this, Annabeth? Yeah, you know, there are a couple of times in particular, not, and, you know, out of many years, I've only like two or three times really felt like I've truly felt the presence of God. Mm. I, you know, didn't hear an audible voice, but like, I, there's two times in high school, um, so maybe a few times since then, but two times in particular, I, the first being the night that I felt called to ministry. Mm-hmm. I was on a Wednesday night at a youth group hearing someone share their story and testimony of their own call mm-hmm. of feeling like they were trying to completely plan out their life in a way that was, you know, going against the call they felt towards ministry. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that in myself of, you know, Wanting, it would, some people would be surprised that at that point in time, I think I wanted to um, potentially go to pharmacy school, and because oh, I loved chemistry so much, it's just a funny now because I haven't done science in so many years. <laughs> um, but you know, like there are so many, like I had so many ideas for what I thought my life would be and what I'd major in college, all this stuff. Yeah. And it was my senior year of high school, and I just literally, like, physically felt a presence that I. I never felt before and recognize that like, and it's hard to explain, right? Cause like, I think when we do have those moments and not everyone has them or has them as often, or maybe we'll never experience in the same way that other people do. So that's important to know. Like it, it's hard to describe those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and cause you know, the presence of God is hard to put in a box yeah, <laughs> and it's hard to articulate in ways, but I have never, that that night i just knew like that was god speaking to me through somebody else and like there was a physical like feeling i had inside of me that like just you know the chills or the pressure or whatever you want to say like i felt god's presence there and then also there was later that year i had the opportunity um in the same congregation we were preparing for a mission trip and some they asked somebody if they would share kind of their faith journey mm. in front of all these people at a church that I had joined by myself as a guest um, in the youth group as a teenager by myself. I, you know, just started going by myself and asked to share their faith journey. And that's a really terrifying thing to do in general mm-hmm. in front of people you don't know. Right. But as a, you know, 16-year-old, <laughs> also really scary. And there were like... I don't know, a couple hundred people in the room. 
and I all of a sudden raised my hand and like didn't realize like I I don't remember having any control over my body. Mm. Wow. But like f- knew that my hand was raised in the air <laughs> to share my story. Yeah. And like that was another moment which are both like kind of supernatural things that like I really truly haven't experienced since then. And I I've interpreted them to be moments where I experienced God's presence but you know someone may have interpreted that differently for mm-hmm. them. And so I think we kind of have these, some of us have these experiences where we feel God's presence in really powerful ways, but in the same way too, like I've had small moments where, you know, I've been in nature and seen God or felt like I felt God's presence because of what I was looking at, or yep. I've experienced God's presence here in at church in the youth group because of the moment that we were in or the words that were being shared, or, you know, there are so many moments where we experience God's experience god's presence in a variety of ways there's no like formula formula of like you need to be in this setting with like these factors to like hear god's voice that's not how that works and like there's it can the spirit of god is moving and all over all the time yeah and we all interpret that and experience that in so many different ways yeah absolutely and like you know, your experiences that you're describing and, and thinking about different different stories that I've heard from members of the congregation who have come and, and said, you know, I really felt that God was present here, or I really felt led or called to do X, Y, and Z, and look what happened because of that. And mm-hmm. if something had been different, then my whole life trajectory would never be the same. And um, it reminds me of, of two things. Like one is this, the resurrection stories in the gospels and how like um, Mary you know, thinks Jesus is the gardener until Mm. she hears Jesus say her name. And then she knows it is an inner knowing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's not an approvable fact, but it's an inner knowing. And so I wonder if Mary were here and we were sharing stories of God's closeness in our lives, if that would be hers. And like the disciples who were walking the road to Emmaus and um, Jesus was among them the whole time, but they did not recognize Jesus until he broke the bread. And then everybody knew that it was Jesus because they recognized the voice. And so I wonder if they were here, if like that would be their testimony as well. And, um, I think sometimes we, and you mentioned this, that sometimes we ask, like, why isn't God present in the same ways that God used to be present? Yeah. You know, like, why aren't people healed? Like, like Jesus healed and yeah. why? Where are the miracles? Where's the? Yeah. Where's the direct revelation? Yeah. And I think the answer is it's here. Mm. It's just, we're not, we're not accustomed to sharing the stories in the yeah. same way. Um, but I wonder if we did, if we could write our own version of the good news right of how god is present here and well i think sometimes too like i think personally i haven't recognized god's presence until some until later yeah so like when you look back at events or things in your life or journeys that you've had to take it's way for me at least like looking in retrospect is a lot easier to be like oh i can see how god was at work in that Mm -hmm. i can see how god was leading me and we're in the moment, it feels like God's not there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know? And so I it think can. it's the bigger picture of like looking at your life's trajectory and even through some of the most like adverse, tragic things that have happened for us, 
You know, like God's presence is there and walking alongside of us, even if we don't see it in the moment. You know, we've talked some about reframing questions and like, um, like this past week we were talking about the question of who sinned and how it's like, I mean, we get like why they asked the question because the Mm -hmm. culture they lived in and blah, blah, blah. But like really the better question was something else. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if with this one, like if we really, like if we know that God is present all the time, which is a truth that we proclaim Mm -hmm. every chance we can get, God is here. God is, God loves you. God Mm -hmm. is here. God is with you. Like if we could accept that as a basic reality, then the question of why isn't God here might become, where is where is God? I know that God is here. And so where is God here? And how is God working here? And maybe even what is preventing me from seeing God here or recognizing God here? Um, what's, the, what's the roadblock? And how can I open my eyes differently? I don't like to use, I know that's ableist. Yeah. But um you know, how can I see? How can I hear? How can I believe? Um, to use language from John's gospel. Um, the other thing that I think uh, fits our conversation comes out of the Rachel Held Evans book that we're reading right now, Searching for Sunday. And when she's talking about the Spirit of God, um, one of the things she says, and this is in the context of like doubt and struggle and um, and kind of the the lifelong journey of faith. And she starts talking about the Holy Spirit. um, And she says, that is what's most annoying and beautiful about the windy spirit and why we so often miss it. It has the habit of showing up in all the wrong places and among all the wrong people, defying our categories and refusing to take direction. But if God is present both inside and outside the traditional church, working all sorts of everyday miracles to inspire and change us, if only we pay attention. And then she goes on and says, the spirit is like wind, like fire, like a bird, like a breath, moving through every language and every culture of this world, bursting out of every category and defying every metaphor. Who's to say where she will travel next? Mm. Um, and that to me kind of identifies the subjectivity of what we're doing um, yeah. and the primacy of experience and informing how we discern where God is showing up and how God is showing up. Yeah, because often the moments where we expect to experience God's presence, it surprises us in a totally different way, right? Yeah. It comes in the moments where we're like, oh, didn't think that was going to happen, or, you know, yeah. thought this would be the place not to experience God. But then you have, like, then we remember God's here with us all the time. That's right. Even if we can't physically feel it or see it or whatever yeah. that may be. I mean, it's like we, we want it to be a formula, I think, because it's yeah. easier that way. Like when yeah. you were saying, like, it's not that we can do one, you know, steps one, two, and three and show up and then God will speak to us in the room. Like, yeah. can, the church would not be lacking <laughs> members and participants if we yeah. knew how to do that. Um, and, and in the same way, I mean, like we said at the beginning, we check this with the gospel. And like yeah. when, we, when we try to follow Jesus, everywhere we expect Jesus to be, He's not. He's on, he's on up. He's moved on. He's on up ahead somewhere. Yeah. And well, so, I think it's hard, too. It's like when we, un, like we have the concepts and ideas and we believe that like we're in relationship with God. Mm. And so we want that relationship to be the same of like our, our earthly relationships where people do show up physically and where yeah. people are here at any beck and call. And God is that God's here even more than, yeah. than the relationships we experience, like physically here on earth, but in a different way. Yeah. 
And so reframing like what that looks like to be in a relationship with God and to connect with God with an understanding that like we're not going to fully be able to comprehend how that works. Right. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Mm. Um, one of the things that um, I think is a big part of this conversation um, is if we can't control God, and I'm sorry, we, we, we can't, <laughs> um, if we can't predict where God is going to be with 100% accuracy, which also we cannot do, um, so much of this is about faith, and so much of this is about kind of commitment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that I think is super important in, in answering the question of how do we hear God's voice, how do we recognize God's presence, how do we discern God's calling, um, I think the answer to how is we we keep trying. Yeah. You know, we stay with it. We wrestle with the text. We ask our questions. We, uh, but we never let go. Right. We we keep coming back. And part of that keep coming back for me is spiritual disciplines, spiritual practices, and spiritual mm-hmm. disciplines. Um, and I know that the word discipline is like kind of old school, but um, but I love it even more than practice mm-hmm. because discipline is something that we may not always feel like doing and we're it's not like a test run it's it's the real deal and it's our pathway to um building up our spiritual muscles like going to the gym to work out so that you can have a healthier stronger body like we we do that with our spiritual practices as well um i brought because i love books i brought two books so that i wouldn't forget to mention them but um one of the classics um it's been around for a long time that I love for spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines is Celebration of Discipline, mm-hmm. uh, written by Quaker uh, Richard Foster. Um, and so this is a great resource for like explaining what some of those disciplines are and how they function and how we can use them um, to strengthen our own spiritual life. Um, I'm trying to get to the table of contents mm-hmm. so I can tell you what they well, all are. Well, he breaks them down to <laughs> inward and outward disciplines, right? That's right. He does. So yeah. inward being stuff like... Silence in solitude. Yeah, meditation, meditation, prayer, prayer those study. kinds of things. I have the book. She's um, going off memory. This is impressive. <laughs> I've actually had to do this study. Keep I've studied this book like four times in the past like five years. So I'm so trying pop to. Quiz. What are the outward oh, disciplines? Gosh. I don't know. Um, celebration. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here's one I don't really like. Oh, submission. So, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Simplicity. Service. Yeah. Simplicity. Acts um, of service. Yep. Yeah. And then there are corporate disciplines. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's the celebration one. Um, I don't know. Confession is one, which we're doing in worship right now. Um, Worship is one. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, read the book. It's great. And if you ever take like a... um, like a 101 level course in spirituality. I, I bet this book is on the syllabus. Yes, probably. <laughs> I think I have multiple copies of it in my office. <laughs> um, the other one that I brought uh, is a newer book by Ruth Haley Barton called Sacred Disciplines. Um, and I love this tagline or the subtitle. That's what the second part is, right? The subtitle. Yeah. Okay. Um, she, it's called Arranging Our Lives for Spiritual Transformation. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of arranging our lives. Um, but, you know, she, she, does some of the the disciplines that Foster mentions, but um, she also talks about other things like how do we read um, scripture as a spiritual discipline through Lectio Divina um, Mm -hmm. and things like that. Prayer, obviously, solitude. um, 
Yeah. So that's a really good book as well if you want kind of a more modern bend. It also has a workbook that you can order to go along with it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think, um, you know, spiritual disciplines and spiritual practices, I've tried out many of them, especially, I mean, in seminary, through our, like, spiritual formation classes, they really try to ingrain you into, like, finding something that works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are spiritual disciplines that I hate. (laughs) Yeah, oh, me too. Like fasting, not my jam. Um, oh, that's and, I'm not your jam. Yeah, that's funny. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, um, but you know, and like sometimes silence, or sometimes solitude. It's not my favorite either. I love just being in a room with people. I can do the silence, but you know, solitude is hard for me. Hmm. Um, or even meditation sometimes, because you know, thinking my mind wanders all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's 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 also important to like try out different. I think we sometimes we, especially in the church, we narrow our ideas of what spiritual practice can be to praying and reading scripture. Yep. And first of all, there's so many types of prayer. That's right. And so many postures of prayer you can take. Um, I like to pray in color and draw, and we do that with the youth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's important I think to try out different um, practices in the same way that you would. Like, like you going back to the metaphor of working out, like, I mean, I don't work out all the time, but when I, like, there are times, times of workouts I definitely hate doing (laughs) versus like others that are, I can, you know, force myself to do. But in the same way, like trying out different things and seeing how best you connect with God in those ways, um, and pushing yourself to try new things. I think we, you know, there are, there are creative disciplines and practices out there, um, that, you know, can fit the way that you, that works best for you, um, yeah. but also push you out of your comfort zone too. And in these practices and disciplines can also help you expand your understanding of what it means to be in God's presence. Mm-hmm. And um, you can experience God's presence in new and creative ways also. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important also to like, like you mentioned, trying different things. Um, you know, the different seasons of life may yeah. be more conducive to different kinds of spiritual practices. Like, I I have always loved the Bible, and I grew up in a home where, and in a, a church where having a quiet time with God meant reading the Bible for ten mm-hmm. minutes. And I remember when I went to seminary or divinity school, like I spent all day looking at the Bible for a totally different purpose, which meant that reading it on my own ten minutes at the beginning of the day was no longer like I I just it was not a good spiritual practice yeah. for me in that season. It became homework. <laughs> it became homework. Yeah. And so I had to develop other spiritual practices. And, um, you know, I, I'm thinking about right now, like I've, I've not been a good runner, but I've been a runner for 20 years or 25 years, maybe. Um, <laughs> and now like my body is saying no, at least for not right now, you know, yeah. so I've had to learn how to walk, <laughs> you know, I've had to learn how to do more yoga or how mm-hmm. to try something else. And, um, and I think the same is true of our spiritual practices. Yeah. Like, I also really love that there are communal spiritual practices. Cause I think we also like, there are things that we should, there are times where we should ex- like practice our faith by ourselves. Right. Right. But our faith is also such a communal thing yeah. and recognizing that, we can ex- experience the presence of God together and in, in not just at church. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> not just in the physical sanctuary or the yeah. church building, but practicing these spiritual p- 
practices and disciplines together is mm-hmm. also a really cool thing. Like the celebration of discipline, I walked through that with a small group of youth when I was interning at a different church. And, you know, we practiced them, some of them individually during the week, but then came together on Sunday nights and practiced them together. Mm-hmm. And there's something also that's like super powerful in that too. And also comforting of when you're all, you know, doing the same thing and experiencing God's presence in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And I don't know. I like that too, of it being a communal thing and not just sticking to, you know, your individual quiet time, which is a great thing also. Right. But expanding what it could be too with yeah. practicing new things with other people. So basically, if you want to train yourself to hear the voice of God or to recognize the presence of God um, or to feel the presence of God, then, you know, try some spiritual practices, um, share them in community, um, tell your story and listen to the stories of others. And in all of that, somehow, I think you will begin to get a sense of how God is speaking to you. Uh, That's the best I can get at a how-to. Again, it's not a formula. um, But also, like, I have this mental kind of, I'm seeing somebody be like, I'm going to do all the things. Like, I'm going to do all the spiritual practices. I'm going to go to all the church things. I'm going to tell my story and listen to all the stories all the time. Um, And so with that comes a sense of, like, release and and permission to to not even necessarily to let go. I mean, you can let go and never pick something back up, but you know, think about it. If you're trying to clean up the house and you've got 5,000 things that need to go upstairs, like you can make multiple trips. <laughs> you can set something down for a little while and come pick it up later. <laughs> you don't have to carry it all at once. Um, but in it all, I think with this one, there is the mystics call it an inner knowing. Um, and as we come back to, God time and time again, a number of different ways. I think, I think we can develop a, an inner knowing, mm. you know, we've been sharing a lot of our personal stories and experiences and this, uh, I don't know that we've been the best at asking people who are listening to like chat back at us. Yeah. And so I really am curious this time if people are, have listened, you know, for the last 30 minutes or so, um, and are thinking of some times when they, knew that God was near or felt the presence of God, or if they have a spiritual practice, that's like, like, do you have a spiritual practice? That's your favorite, like whatever your answer to those questions are, would you share it back with us? Um, so that we can know and hear and celebrate your story as well. Yeah. We'd love to hear your stories. If you're willing to email it to us, you can email us at digital at graystonechurch.org. Um, or go on our website. There's a way to connect with us that, that way as well. Or through our social media accounts, you know, through Facebook or Instagram, you can message us. Or if you see one, if you go to church here or are visiting and you see us on Sunday, we'd love to hear those stories too. Um, but yeah, I think it's neat to hear. I, I think it's awesome to hear the stories of how people have experienced God's presence because of just the variety and breadth of like all the ways that God reveals God's self mm-hmm. to people because it's so expansive and you know, we all experience God in a vast variety of ways. So it's, I don't know, like, and then we, hearing those stories in itself helps us experience God's presence too. That's right. Um, When we hear the stories of how God's shown up for people and how people have heard God's calling, um, it's comforting that way also. Absolutely. Well, we've enjoyed our time together this um, 
during this episode and hope that you'll join us again. We have a couple more to go. Um, if you haven't heard our earlier episodes from the series of Honest Questions, there are three before this one um, you can go back and listen to. But we thank you for joining us and hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. We will bring God's reign here and in the love of Christ be led doing the word, making it heard. table and be fed from near and far come as you are here you will never be alone in the glory of God we're building a church of living souls